0: forcing this toxic relationship into a marriage, it's V'ger Please, a hateful voyage through the Delta Quadrant. My name is Joseph, and I'm your emotionally negligent co-host, Peter. We have a lot of takes, I think, this week, my friend. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into those takes, quick shout out. We don't talk about our Patreon very much, because it's really just there to help us pay the relatively low level of bills we have to do the show. We had a few people who kicked in recently. I'm not giving names not because I don't appreciate them, but because it's not something I asked for permission to do uh but over the last month, we've had not only a couple new patrons uh but people who've increased their existing uh, uh donations. thanks, thanks a lot our Our expenses did go up a little bit. We're you know just covering it, but uh this helps make it kind of uh trued up to the actual costs and it's really awesome that you uh throw in your few dollars a month to uh to make that easy for us. Yes, um, thank
1: you for your children's college funds going in our server expenses instead. For so your wife's, for... we said thank you as well.
0: <laughs> I was going to go with the more, uh, you know, feeding a starving African child on $3 a day or whatever it is, <laughs> Three, $3 a month. You can help these starving podcasters keep those show on the air. Help these
1: chubby white guys get pissed off about something that happened 21 years ago. Uh, that's going to happen pretty definitely. The promised
0: Patreon episode about Razor is still coming. We had got thrown off on our plans because Peter had the temerity to have children and therefore family vacations. How dare you?
1: And here, here's the real truth to that. I'm so gun shy about getting back in bed with Ron Moore. <laughs> He's hurt me once. My wife's brought it up several times. Like, hey, you want to watch that Razor thing? And I'm like, ah, isn't there a new Rick and Morty out (laughs) let's check out that Loki uh what's going on in Cobra Kai I'll bite the bullet here soon though I know it's going to be good it's just god those last couple seasons and then
0: this is what's going to be so fun to talk about because it'll allow us to sort of unpack all of our thoughts in one place about BSG which I think we're eager to do and it'll be nice content for for our patrons to to consume and as a reward so We promise it is happening. We've we've got soft plans for a new uh, recording date. Planning to get it out here this month, which is July 2021. So we will hopefully be able to stick to that. But for our normal installment this week, Peter, what did we watch? Season seven, episode three, Drive. Well, I haven't seen this one since I got married. (laughs) And it took on a whole different dimension (laughs) now that I am. This was a busy-ass episode. This episode is alternatively quite well-made and well-done and well-constructed on a number of levels.
1: And infuriating to the maximum degree possible. Written by Michael Taylor, directed by Rick Colby. Uh, first aired the 18th of October in the year 2000. Um... I, I'm going to say overall, good. There are certainly some infuriating parts to this, but uh, I think as far as Voyager stories go, um, it's pretty solid. It's in that camp of things that Voyager can do well in the premise of this this race that's completely superfluous, right? Of course. that That stuff is actually great. There's some simple paint by number stuff that goes on, but it's still pretty enjoyable. There's some dope ass new uniforms getting sported. Oh hell yes! Biggest, biggest wasted opportunity of Voyager was like that. A, this didn't
0: show up till season seven, and B, never gets seen again. <laughs> the flight suits
1: are famously dope, and they certainly held up upon rewatch. Just think of it—you could having a. Starfleet uniform that you could have the worst dandruff possible and no one would ever know what a godsend I think
0: that my complaints about this episode are really dominated by a topic we've addressed before which is just how fucking terrible Bolana and Tom's relationship is
1: Specifically, how terrible Tom Paris is.
0: Yeah, that Tom is not actually a good boyfriend and not a good partner, whereas B'Elanna has tried extremely hard to make the relationship work. And
1: I think I would love this episode if it actually ended with them breaking up. I don't remember what my ultimate pick was when we played uh, "Fuck Mary Kill Voyager" edition, but after watching this episode, like Mary B'Elanna Torres, one hundred and ten percent.
0: I think I said Mary Kess, but I'm starting to agree with you uh She is wife material to the maximum degree in this, to a in a, in a way that, as someone who has now married, I can more
1: firmly understand. I don't know if the vows in the future have anything to do with not breaking the prime directive, and if they do, I'd have to reevaluate Belana Torres after the yeah. little Oh yeah, a, yeah. To yeah the she's dog planet. shit.
0: Like that. Yeah, <laughs> don't let her
1: don't let her near any kind of ancient, dramatically inclined people. But a couple's death race, that's who I want in my co-pilot seat. Episode opens up with uh, Tom and Harry flying the Delta Flyer. We mentioned already that these episodes are shown out of order. So even though we've had the Delta Flyer as of what, last episode? After a bloop in Unimatrix Zero Part 1? This is actually the episode where they make a big deal about how uh, they had to remake it. And they're, they're testing things in when uh, they encounter another spacecraft in what becomes the first taste of a smorgasbord of special effects, new ships and big budget CGI scenes.
0: They are certainly making most of the, it's the final season. Let's spend everything left in the kitty uh, when it comes to effects. Um, I think this is a reuse of the same asteroid field stuff that they did use in Unimatrix Zero part. No, no, it wasn't Unimatrix Zero. It was last week uh, when they were uh, going into the Borg debris field, I believe, yeah. and then had to have a, a, a space fight uh, against the random aliens they found there. Um, s- still, though, there are definitely, as you said, a lot of new ships, new effects, and we see that here when. Some lady
1: in a space hot rod pulls up and wants
0: to to race to the next
1: light. <laughs> so Tom, who now has joysticks. Mm. They, as, they went- as as we've noted, quite the way to control a spaceship around the year 2000. Thank you, yep. Insurrection. Yeah, they went right over to the, the old uh, prop locker for Insurrection and found not one but two joysticks and hot glued them onto the front of the Delta flyer. Um, They start racing her. I forget what the exact line is, but we find out that the Delta Flyer is now the Knight Rider of the Delta Quadrant. And it has (laughs) Super Pursuit Mode where extra jets pop out. I believe it was Impulse Boosters was the phrase used. It's Super Pursuit Mode. And uh, (laughs) they win. And in the process, uh, Hot Rod Lady who we will see her in a moment uh her ship starts breaking down and they like emergency transport her off and joe for the life of me i i would have swore to god that this is the same lady who plays kim wexler in better call saul yeah there is a striking resemblance uh definitely not the same actress
0: uh there's a lady by the name of uh sia batten golded hot's daughter is the only thing i saw for her and it was only in two of the episodes. Goldicott's daughter was famously recast three times. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and they didn't get right into the last one. you were the, you were the medium Goldicott daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she definitely def- looks like 2018 era Kim Wexler. Agreed.
1: This story is going to heavily feature the Delta flyer and show the Delta flyer off. Um, you know she's gonna clue the guys in that hey uh there's a big space race L- literal not like a a nation space race oh, uh one note they
0: have to beam her aboard because some uh some doohickey on her ship exploded uh so they have a meet a meet cute between uh harry and her you know he's immediately attempting to pursue her uh from essentially the from the jump there is actually a pretty cool through line with Garrett wag in this episode. He actually does a really good job, which is really hard to say in the same week where apparently he trash talked, uh, Warlord on his own podcast, which I do not think I could possibly ever forgive him for. He's actually really good in
1: this episode specifically though, like better than he usually is. Side note to that real quick. We joked about it at first, but, I really do feel like at some point because initially he was like super like, no, I don't want to date any of the Delaney sisters and I don't want to have anything because I'm saving myself for my Cro-Magnon girlfriend back at home, whatever the hell her name was, Janie or or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's pulling more ass than Tom Paris uh, consistently. And there's never this point where he says we're never getting home. And I'm going to begin openly dating everything and anyone, and have almost as much sex as Riker does in Next Gen. Basically, right? Like I seem it's like every episode. Right. Let's let's not
0: let's not say something we can't take back. Peter William Riker was such a stud that he banged it out with a random alien to escape a hospital. Like it was, it was the lady from Cheers playing that alien doctor came in after he came to in that episode where he's undercover right before first contact and she's like i always wanted to have sex with an alien i'll let i'll get you out of here if we bang it out and he's like all right and then you like cut back and she's like all her clothes are all fucked they've literally they've just banged
1: well let me counter (laughs) that that is a level
0: that is a level of absolute alpha squadron
1: stud that Harry Kim would never come close to. I'm going to counter what you're saying by saying that Harry Kim banged a lady to escape by breaking a chair overhead and probably killing her on space cougar planet where he refused to have sex with anyone, but did probably kill at least two women. Definitely, uh, definitely at least a TBI. Someone's got some (laughs) brain bleed out of that, you know, like, but yeah, he, he never, you know, Addresses the fact that all of a sudden he doesn't care about his fiance, who he recently saw in the uh, God, what was that terrible episode called, where he goes home?
0: That wasn't recent. That
1: was like season two. Whatever he saw her. It's 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 an. It's no. Was it? I think so. Ex post facto, I think is the shithead episode. Hold on, Harry
0: Kim goes San Francisco baller apartment.
1: (laughs) non sequitur
0: non sequitur I literally typed in Harry Kim goes home into Google as the first choice it is
1: season 2 I was correct about that yeah um so it's not super recent but you know for a guy who's a big cheerleader about yay we're going home every opportunity he gave up on that real quick um so they bring over Kim Wexler and she starts saying hey you know there's a space race and it's great and it's peace Uh, And we smash cut over to Tom pitching this crazy uh, death rally to Janeway and the rest of the bridge crew. And Chakotay's
0: like, this is a terrible idea. And Tuvok's like, I agree. This is a terrible idea. And he's like warming up to give the hard sell. And Janeway's like, I, lo- I love, this idea. Let's all let's put all our resources into doing space NASCAR or space <laughs> Be- space Ben Hur, <laughs> like what, whatever one you want to
1: use. It's fine. I really liked her response. Lo- lo- load
0: crazy. load up the delta flyer with red turtle shells. <laughs> <laughs> We're winning this cart race. <laughs>
1: Wario doesn't stand a chance. If I see a motherfucker with a blue turtle shell, <laughs> there's a ketchup mechanic, and it's bullshit. Computer replicate two hundred banana peels. <laughs> uh, I really like her reasoning in this. I I thought I was gonna hate it. Uh, Kate Mulgrew does a great job of selling it. It's it's a a crew team building exercise. It's shore leave without a real shore leave. It's a chance for a bunch of scientists to use their science skills to win a race and it's diplomacy as well. It's diplomacy.
0: Like you get to meet all these races, these races, these alien races at a race. Yo, dog.
1: We heard you like race. <laughs> so, uh, I totally do understand why she accepts. I think it would have worked better if there was a mechanic that said, "Hey." We need passage through this place, and the only way we're going to get passage is if we have friendly diplomatics with these people, and they really respect this big race, and if we enter the race, then we get a cool shortcut, and we're in it. But I I think that the purely voluntary, um, fun excuse works almost as well. Meanwhile,
0: intercut with these adventures we have balana who is going person to person to everyone who has holodeck time for the weekend and is trying to barter for that time and she's attempting to do this because she and tom have apparently the same weekend off for the first time in a long time and she wants to have the entire holodeck to themselves so they can literally do a romantic getaway for a whole weekend that's a it's gonna be a stinky holodeck (laughs) It's going to be a lot to 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 get with the Zamboni when when you're done, but it is such a cool like element of Bolana is actually the good part of this relationship and is the one really trying because if you are someone who's ever been in a long term relationship and have had a partner or been the partner that has done this sort of thing for like the two of you put together the trip or put together the event and worked to make it happen you know how meaningful it is when someone does that right like how much effort goes into creating a shared experience for yourself
1: and your partner and it's like oh balana you're so great you're shout great. out to my wife who is the person who arranges trips and is amazing at it and we'll never hear this you do a great job <laughs> at it honey and i really appreciate it um the scene with her trying to get the doctor to give up uh, his holodeck time because he's like the last component, and he's all sold on like, oh, he's practicing golf and he's excited about it. But he drops this line, I love and He's like, I've got a new hobby. I've been excited about indulging. Uh, that that's a a classic hobby. What do you say? A classic of, hobby. Of doctors for centuries. Averse I'm like morphine addiction. <laughs> 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 hmm. What an exciting <laughs> tangent you're going off on, Doctor. <laughs> oh, no, golf. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's more sense. I'd be so pissed at the Doctor, too. Like, dude, you're in the holodeck by yourself. Like, you could just be software in the computer doing whatever you want. Like, why do you have to tie up the fucking holodeck? You can you can just, you just do all just this in the your little box whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Every dude? time you're not with us, you're in there. Don't don't tie up the fucking holodeck with your golf strokes motherfucker Um, the CGI budget as we mentioned is huge there is an internal hangar shot that every time they show Voyager's hangar it's like a different size a different shape more exciting than it was the last time
0: this looked like just a bigger version of the uh, one that they used for Alice you know kind of yeah. like, like I think it had a similar look to it but just but like this twice time, as large
1: you've got really stiff awful looking starfleet people way in the background that just some real f minus cg stuff there so just beautiful touch (laughs) trying to make it look lived in unfortunately made it look like a bad micropose (laughs) looks (laughs) like a gumby episode not (laughs) Um, great speaking of ugly as fuck the interior of uh kim wexler's Wexler's car yeah it looks like The most '90s of Cedar Point roller coasters in there. (laughs) Cedar Point's a very—it's America's roller coaster. It's a very popular uh, amusement park up in Cleveland area, Ohio. And boy, it's just all teal, salmon, big puffy foam bars. It kind of looked like the Dreadnought. Um, You remember that Balana program to go moab some cardassian installation oh, no actually i don't remember that because i drank <laughs> i drank enough to forget well i'm sorry if i picked the scab off of that one but I, it's just <laughs> a terrible set piece whatever money they spent on cgi was taken directly out of the set budget for this thing oh uh, kim wexler has very elf
0: ears but <laughs> going by the way in this one it's like super Kess ears that's how she doesn't have shit on her forehead Um, everyone else that all the other aliens we're going to meet in this episode look like they're fucking rejects from Babylon 5 (laughs) (laughs) fucking dead ass man like (laughs) this this kind of shiny forehead spots like they're having failing livers yeah kind of kind of thing going on Uh,
1: but for whatever reason they gave Kim Wexler like the super Cassiers you know we'll have to sit down sometime and really tally up all the space elves that we've encountered in Voyager but I don't think I'm wrong when I say the vast majority of Delta Quadrant space elves are fucking evil. It's true.
0: Yeah, even Cass. Unfortunately, rip, rip to our lady. Uh, so ultimately, this, this crescendos into the conflict you knew was going. This episode was really going to be about, which is Tom realizes. Oh yeah, I just booked myself to work on this NASCAR race the same weekend my girlfriend has been working ot to get us a uh, time for uh, in the holodeck for an entire weekend and he has to go down to engineering and tell her that he's done
1: this after he has kind of jokingly told the doctor that hey monitor I, my bioscience because she's probably gonna fucking like pile drive me through the warp core or something yeah like klingon temper ink right
0: and he goes down there and she's like so excited, I mean f- fucking work time kissy face I mean, they almost go to the fuck slash murder loft instead they just kind of go off to the side, you know where where um uh seven and nine shot her down last time, and it was no it was the spot where um suitor stuffed that body it was like over in that corner <laughs> it was the corner where the bodies get stowed. The body locker wall, yeah. The sure. body locker. It's near where they put the phasers next to the
1: warp core. <laughs> and types, and uh, that's also um, right adjacent to time bomb hole. Glory hole. Yeah, the time, the time bomb glory hole. Mm-hmm. I think we call it the time bomb nook. Yeah. <laughs> All the engineering
0: classics. Uh, so uh, she takes him over to the side, and he's like, hey, I booked myself to work on this but i can go tell the captain uh that i can't because we had plans i'm sure she'd understand and then is like no it's okay you you this is this is something you really want to do and i want you to to do the thing you really want to do and roxanne dawson does such a good job of accurately portraying someone in a relationship disappointed by the person they're in love with
1: Like, I don't want us to describe it. She just nails it. I have never seen this situation occur in real life where uh, one party where the guy does something incredibly fucking stupid that everybody else is watching a slow motion train wreck taking place. And the girl does not once utter the word. uh, It's fine. Like, I I kept (laughs) waiting. It's fine. I'm fine none of that like and the apps the complete absence of fine in this exchange proves to me that she is the best girlfriend and really when she's saying i want him to be happy and he should be able to do the things he wants uh and, and and putting her own desires second that there's no maliciousness or anything in her which uh, you want to talk about breaking out of the Klingon anger. I hate myself and heritage stereotype. Like here she is in the perfect opportunity to like rip his arms off or some Chewbacca shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even say it's fine. Like yeah, she's even that's how much aggressive. she loves him. Yeah. Not a hint uh, of passive aggressiveness. So Tom skis off like the little piece of shit he is. Uh, and we have Belanda kind of just left uh caught in the wake and the next scene is her going up to the mess hall where we see some really evil diabolical shit come out of that space rat neelix i'm really glad you
0: put it that way this scene is uncomfortable because balana lays out like the problems with her relationship tom is a fun guy. we've had great times he but but yo-yos on the ship yeah he's selfish he's self-absorbed self-involved and i'm not a priority for him and i need more than just someone that i admire and like hanging out with i need someone who wants to to make me their priority that's what she's saying Like I want, I want to be important to who I am in love with. And I'm in love with this man who to, for whom I am not the most important thing. She starts laying this
1: out. Let me read you. This is one, two, three, four, five lines of my notes. I've dedicated to this seat, right? Uh, Shitty boyfriend, Tom back up in the front seat. Uh, Fuck off, Tom. Dump his ass. You do not belong together," she says. "Maybe we don't belong. You absolutely Absolutely don't belong. We do not belong together. Accurate statement. I hate Klingon stuff. All right. I didn't care for the Ron Moore Klingon episodes, but when she starts breaking out what her old grandma's saying was about uh, Maqta, like the Klingon term Mokta, bad bad match. match. Yeah. Uh. Yeah.
0: Grandma knows what's (laughs) up. Belana, remember when you made your boyfriend a custom television set? and and cre- got him television programs to watch on it, and then he ignored you to just watch television all night?
1: That's, remember, like, that's remember pretty... When he,
0: remember when he hid from you that he was being brain hijacked by a Stephen King novel character? Remember when he beat you up in the hallway? <laughs> remember when he hid from you that he had his secret holodeck time where he was fixing car and didn't want to <laughs> include you, even though you're
1: literally your his hot mechanic girlfriend which again is completely missed in this like if you're gonna do space race shit the fact that she's not the star of the show uh very confusing so she's laying this all out to neelix right remember, i remember maintain- remember when tom wouldn't fuck you to save your life
0: <laughs> i'm sorry i just there's so many mocked
1: up Bad match. That's a, That could be the fucking episode title on this one. They don't belong together. Now, I've said many times that I believe that Tom and Neelix are, are good friends and the show does not always put them in the scenes to fully present that, but the fucking dirty shit you see Neelix roll out here. You would Ooh. think that Neelix had never met Tom in real life, let alone being good friends and chums with him because he... He gives the most toxic relationship advice possible. <laughs> he does. He's like, you should, if you
0: still love him, you should just make it work. You know, that's that's enough. Or you should totally not wait to tell him until after this mission is over and tell him right away.
1: He's like, yeah, uh, would you, you should just dump him. And you shouldn't wait to dump him until after the race he's really hyped about. You should dump him right now. So it haunts him through the whole race. And it's just fucks this whole thing up that the ship's like really excited about like there's no good advice that comes out of neelix's mouth at all here and i think he really again tom's a skeevy piece of shit. i am anti-tom but i think neelix really goes uh overboard on on poison pilling her here they end that
0: scene and move to our first experience with the ambassador from the antarans where we get some backstory, like that this race was essentially set up as a uh, com- commemoration of a peace deal within the region. Was it war? Now it's at peace. They're having trouble like balancing all the different races' priorities. So Janeway steps in and is like, why don't we just host everything? That way you're not playing favorites with anyone. To which he's like, that is the greatest idea ever! You are the greatest diplomat forever thinking of the simplest possible solution. You dude- all of our parties on Voyager.
1: Yeah, you will be the party ship. This dude, his name's Brian George. You recognize him at all? No. This guy has the best resume I've ever seen on IMDb. Oh, he was uh, Bashir's dad. Bashir's okay. dad. Okay, I, uh, I definitely see that now. He's uh, Christian. Whatever her name is, the the main uh, NATO diplomat from Expanse. That's her husband. And that dude plays Kiadi Monday in the Clone Wars. That's uh, Rear Admiral Kahoku from uh uh mass effect did you play diablo 3 i did the little journals you pick up of the guy talking about the wildlife and the interactions of hell that was him that's him uh he's the guy from command and conquer generals that says thank you for the new shoes
0: so he's the mob from the uh the uh what's
1: the gla you? global gla Literature. yeah yeah um brian george look him up like, it, oh, he was he he was a uh, uh, Kamala's dad in the Avengers game. So Do you you, the
0: Avengers game shit. was not all that good, but the story was actually great, and he plays
1: Kamala's dad. Well, in that. this dude's got a fucking dope ass resume. It's it's rare for me to see a little bit actor with so many cool things on there, but this guy's hitting the win button uh, a lot. So yeah, uh she sells him and says, "Listen, if you're worried about making one race jealous." uh that you know an enemy race is getting some sort of honor just let us do it we're a neutral third party and you know we'll absolutely throw this party on our ship we've got this holodeck we can recreate the most beautiful lush environments anywhere your wildest imagination can take you in southern california or we can do it in our fucking mess hall where the space rat cooks in garbage cans like yeah that one <laughs> <laughs> the budget is way out of control with all these CGI spaceships and flying. uh Yes, please let us use the VFW post you guys have up would, at the front of the. Could v- you imagine of- if you would, they had gone to the Polynesian Resort, <laughs> like invite all of the dignitaries
0: to the Polynesian Resort, and it's just filled with vo- all of Voyager's pre-programmed fuck toys.
1: Oh, hey, they could have fucking dragged uh, the the carcass of Fairhaven <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> Oh, no, that uh, oh, fucking oh, and Nasty or whatever. And the guy, his prison bitch, they've thrown nets on all the dignitaries and they're trying to sacrifice them to the devil now or whatever. These holographic scamps are up to it again. So
0: instead, they're having the the pre-party festivities in the mess hall. That's when we finally get to see the flight suits. On yeah. Haley and Tom. I mean, look them up if you've never seen them before. Some for some reason, they are really slick. Like someone, someone also went to the trouble. Those are fitted, and as we have noted previously, these costume designers do not like to make these new fitted Starfleet uniforms. If they can, they have to give hammy downs to all of the bit actors that you end up seeing or -hmm. or special guest stars rather than make new ones. They made three of these fucking things for these guys because they are perfectly fitted to these three actors. Yep. And they look good. Particularly Uh, in the case, by the way, of Roxanne Dawson. My God,
1: she looks fine in that thing when
0: we eventually see her in one.
1: Tom and Harry are in their new flight suits. We've got all the other pilots in there. They're schmoozing. They push the uh, Harry wants to fuck plot line a little bit more, uh, as we see that Kim Wexler's maybe boyfriend shows up. It's her co-pilot, and you know there's a lot of hugging and swinging around. No, they're so happy to see each other. There's there's some great like comedy beats there though of like maybe they're not
0: maybe they're uh, just co-pilots and they start swinging around. She just gets this like look on his face, like damn it, (laughs) missed again mm-hmm
1: they meet reese they meet uh racer x <laughs> and in that scene too. That's i weird. don't know what this fucking lizard dude's supposed to be but uh racer x. x fuck him next gen there were like the dudes with like the vape boxes on their chest and they'd like stop and like take a hit all the time yeah the benzites uh benzites, that's right that's i kind of got some benzite vibes off them with a little sardines mixed in there maybe yeah i mean he's 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 a grim looking fish monster who <laughs> who's definitely
0: the racer x of this episode you know
1: and seems like he's probably going to be a bad guy that uh you know sabotages things so a little red herring there so they wind up getting ready they do that scene
0: they're getting ready for the uh for the actual race um right before that you have a scene between seven of nine and Bolana, where Bolana comes in and goes hey i need you to do censor shit and she's like uh, i'll do that in a second i'm finishing plotting an optimal course for you know harry and tom tomorrow she's like you two of all the people on this ship i expected you robot lady to not be into this and she's like i'm not into this but i've learned that you know, it's important to the crew, so I want them to succeed, and it's important for my... And she. the way she phrased it is, my relationship with Lieutenant Paris. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, is like, your relationship with T- Lieutenant Paris? She's like,
1: yeah, you know, I SSD every now and then, and it really makes things go easier between us. Psych, no. Uh, we see some pretty good character growth, which has been an ongoing thing since season six, I'd say uh with these little nuggets of seven of nine is learning how to human better and better yeah she's
0: getting it and she realizes i'm not into this but you know i like tom and i want to get along with him better and i know that means i have to sometimes like be interested in what he's interested in and help him do the thing
1: and then he's better at doing everything else so it all makes sense everyone caters to tom because he's a giant man child and if he's not getting his way, he acts like a complete bitch. Like they make Tom Paris such a fucking unlikable little shit. And they have since that stupid.
0: I mean, it, it goes back to me, the threshold, I guess, yes. like where threshold is all about his insecurities about how he's not going to get to like fly the ship that breaks the warp 10 barrier because he's like the epitome of Starfleet white privilege. I think that's what we said then. You know, mm-hmm. like, And it was it was true then. And it's just seven does it the most logical and sensible way of saying, well, you know, if I support his goals and and show interest in his interests, you know, he's we, we get along better. And that's really my goal. And it's obviously the you know, the the advice that balana picks up on like, oh, I should just be interested in this thing that he's doing.
1: Maybe this is the way I save my relationship. And Speaking of Threshold, though, that does highlight that this is twice that Harry's been kicked out of like a, a race car situation for another pilot or co-pilot. Because he was originally supposed to pilot uh, the Cochran in Threshold because yes. Tom had that weird thing and then Janeway took him off of it. And here we'll have... <clears throat> Belana Taurus, pull some strings and uh, get Harry Kim to back off co-piloting. What seems to be a very fun assignment. Yeah. Like, it seems like this is going to be a
0: good time. Yeah. But uh, Belana wants some some time with his her man. So uh, she just shows up and says, say, Kapla, <laughs> and takes a picture. And she's in the flight suit now. Like, it's going to be you and me, bud. We're doing this. And Tom's a little like, what? at first but he seems to embrace it he's like okay cool my girlfriend's gonna do this instead that should be fun
1: my girlfriend who should have been my first fucking choice because as we've said so many she literally is his hot rodding girlfriend hot rod engineer girlfriend
0: Mm -hmm. and you're about to like take the ship into some you know engineering peril you should probably bring the best mechanic
1: so along with my idea that Janeway sh- should be entering the race because it's going to give them access to a shortcut that's going to shave a bunch of time off. Like, this should have been the episode that they built the Dep- the Delta Flyer initially for. Instead of the goofy space race with the garbage pail kids, the Malorn, or Malon, whatever the fuck they were, uh, to, to get the interstitial probe, like, this would have been conceptually like okay here's this big race uh, and if we get involved in it we get a shortcut home we need something to unify the crew and a morale booster so we're going to put all the ship's resources into building the Delta Flyer and and this is going to be the grand unveiling I think that would have worked way better for the jump and, and explaining the existence of the Delta Flyer than that that terrible fucking what episode was that even called? Uh,
0: Whatever was depth, it the Depth the or cap- something? Back when the show had Captain Planet Villains <laughs> that's what it was so the, the the race starts and you know they're they're off for the first leg it's like a you know a, a sort of you grand hold on touring like european style race because you do those sections you,
1: you can't let the slide dude they do the countdown for the race and what are they oh, yeah. <laughs> oh god i remember seeing this and be like oh they they're fucking with us now they're just fucking with you now Dacote, how many of those 38 photon torpedoes do we have left now? Uh negative 12, Captain. Alright, shoot off another one we don't have. <laughs> yeah, shoot off another one. Why? Eh, why you know, not? Fuck it. Blow off one <laughs> of those cry cobalt <laughs> devices. We'll rip a oh. hole right in subspace. <laughs> That'll get them going. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy theory that. Oh, so yeah, they they pop off that photon torpedo and we're off
0: we had a funny scene where seven of nine is like giving occasional robotic updates to everyone, which is not what they want because everyone's into this, like a chariot race. And so, uh, uh, Neelix goes up to astrometrics and starts calling it like, uh, like, a he's, he's, he's watching a literal, Ruby. yeah, like a literal chariot race.
1: <laughs> 23 Kudo's in the lead. <laughs> Followed by It Ain't Your Mama. Followed by Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. Johnny No Socks coming up. This uh, leads to astrometrics getting flooded with uh, spectators. In Voyager, there's only one TV in the whole starship. People can't just tune in on their pads at home. They'll have to congregate in there. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool like sports bar environment. Um, until sad sack Tuvok comes in trying to talk about his goddamn security report. <laughs> Only for Chicote to put hands on him and like, bro, chill out. <laughs> no one We're cares. at B-dubs. We're
0: watching the yeah. AFC
1: play a championship. Put that shit away.
0: The yeah. one wants to talk about your TPS reports right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. You know, you found out another thing that you're bad at when it comes to security and you want to tell
1: us all about it. <laughs> I know. Um, I've
0: seen the reports.
1: The race is uh the Delta Flyer and then uh Racer X. Yeah, and, and Kim Wexler. And Kim Wexler. And uh we start getting a little friction on the Delta Flyer as Tom's balls shrink because he isn't willing to do what it takes to win. But uh Belana is and she reaches although she doesn't credit it as such, she reaches into her old bag of Maquis tricks. <laughs> yeah the do shit dirty club <laughs> and uh i don't know get some crisco on the outside of her shield so she can like zoop past the other guys and in the process there's a little explosion so uh kiati monday pulls the plug and says hey guys everybody chill out uh we got a problem and we cut over to voyager where now the front three people who were in the race along with uh, Rear Admiral Cahoku, uh are sitting there and talking about what just happened.
0: So, it's worth mentioning also at this point, there was uh, a lot of friction because Tom is being a huge baby about, he's the pilot, right? I'm in charge of this ship. I'm the one flying. You don't do anything unless I tell you. And man, like... If you want to make sure that you go from zero to single in in 10 seconds, cop that attitude with whoever your significant other is. Like, that shit does not fly. And that's where this episode, like, is super, like, accurate as to, like, the
1: dysfunction in the relationship, which just makes the ending even more baffling to me. It's also worth noting, too, that in this interchange, when there is the accident uh the explosion is on kim wexler's ship and wouldn't you know it unfortunately for her co-pilot her ship came installed with the classic starfleet uh improvised explosive device buried yeah. So they helped her fix it earlier so they you know <laughs> harry
0: just slipped an ied in there it's like
1: wait it's is like... that a bomb no it's a neural gel pack that looks like a stick of fucking dynamite With an alarm clock on the outside. No, he's going to get laid. He's going to explode this guy so that he can get in there. (laughs) What if that guy wasn't supposed to initially like really get fucked up? And that really was Harry being crazy and malicious. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they,
0: they have a little inquiry as to what's going on. And, uh, you know, like at first Kim Kim Wexler's like it's racer X's fault and racer X is like, fuck you guys. This, this race is, you know, to win. I want to win. And Balan is like, might be my fault. I scraped up both. And then Tuvok comes in and goes, hey guys, today is the day I decided to do my job correctly. So I actually found uh, a piece of sabotage on Kim Wexler's ship that explains this. And uh, that's when you get a little bit more of the some people don't want there to be peace. You know, this is why this race is sensitive and important because we have to prove that we can still do it. And everyone resolves to finish the race to prove the terrorists wrong. It's actually Racer
1: X's idea where he's like, we still need to do this. These dudes give up real easy. I I'm, I'm, I, was perpetually uh, impressed by this ambassador's willingness to just stop and quit. But uh, yeah, you know, they, they decide to push forward. Um, we get a nice walk and talk where Thirsty Harry rears his his jealous head, he pops Ooh, out in the hallway, goes
0: right for it. Ha- arm around the, 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 the Kim shoulder. Yeah, uh-huh. like, Hey, Kim Wexler. I heard that my dynamite might've blown up your boyfriend. <laughs> She's like, funny.
1: I didn't tell anybody that he tells uh, Tom and B'Elanna that he is going to be racing after all, even though winning this race is a big deal for the Voyager crew. And everybody's very excited about it. He's going to be a big fat trader. You know, winning might be
0: a big deal for the Voyager crew, but getting laid is a big deal for Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Some needs come before others. Uh
1: huh. And thirsty Harry's willing to go there. Uh, Tom is kind enough to stop and rub his face in his uh, ugly history of dirty dates, from uh, ranging from Borgs to holograms to dead girls. Yes, that in that order.
0: I go, exact
1: quote i was gonna congratulate you i mean she's not a borg
0: she's not a hologram and she's not dead looks like you finally found yourself the perfect woman <laughs> can add to that not a energy vampire cougar mm-hmm. uh not a space uh amish attempting to give you s an std mm-hmm. not uh, a child not a child like, my child not literally my <laughs> child <laughs>
1: Oh, what else is on the list? I feel like there's a couple more. Oh, not there. a Crobe cave cavewoman. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's the, mm-hmm. I think that's all of them. Not a potato salesman. Oh, I would, well, that would be a hologram. Not a catfish. What? So well, yeah, when he that, says- That was not, a hologram too, yeah. Hologram covers a few. Well, Harry didn't know she was a real catfish. Yeah, so, Harry, thought guess... was a,
0: Harry thought she was a hologram.
1: So that there's there's two different holograms. Not a holographic cow. Harry's got a Harry's got issues. Um we cut back into the race, things pick up. We start getting some relationship turbulence.
0: The friction is only increasing between Tom and Bellana.
1: Rightfully so.
0: And uh two things happen as the uh race starts to come to its conclusion. Uh the first is that you know, Harry is attempting to win the race with kim wexler we're getting some anomalous readings asking questions getting weird answers Gets some a real reading. guilty faces yeah it gets a, a reading that he figures out oh this console's about to explode again it's like i didn't put another piece of dynamite in here wait <laughs> and then ducks when out it the
1: explodes way. and the electricity lashes out for a moment i got my hopes up that this was the triumphant return of shockey and that he had just finished <laughs> going also trying to bang i trying to Wetzler. save you harry i'm trying to save you from kim wexler I'm trying to save you from smooth skin that isn't smoldering from third degree burns. Uh, yeah, that comes the back spook- of his,
0: the back of his uniforms all scorched from mini shocky. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that when he turns around, it's actually a nice detail that usually like, when Garrett's green, does- I start
1: looking at my phone, but, um, yeah, so he rolls out of the way. Kim Wexler pulls a gun on him. There's some, uh, some sloppy admissions of guilt that she sabotaged her own ship to, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I'm the space terrorist that doesn't want peace to be here. I didn't
0: think it was sloppy. It was cool because Harry put it all together. He, like, put every clue together, and between that, they're cutting back to the Delta Flyer, where their re- argument comes to a head and Tom throws the brakes on and purposely loses the race to, like, hash it out with B'Elanna.
1: Infuriating.
0: And... and she like rate, like correctly brings up, like, you know, uh, you're, I'm not your priority. I'm not like the, the, the person that you want to be with. And, uh, he re- responds by saying, "Well, I'm showing you what my priority is right now. All I want to be is the person you're in love with." Which she's like, "Well, I'm surprised to hear you say that." Which obviously, based on everything we've
1: had to say, like yeah. that is actually in my fucking notes. How Tom's reply to that? Is, how can you say that? How can she not? She say not that? yes. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> you are a fucking piece of shit wearing a brand new uniform. That. <laughs> I, mm, Hmm. Uh, flip back over to the, the, the hairy, the thirsty, hairy love boat. If you could do me a favor, and I know you haven't put an audio clip in in a long time, but if you could dig out the line when he says, what the hell is going on? Did did that stick out to you at all? Dude, this is, this is some real peak bad. (laughs) If you can pull that audio clip, I might turn that into my ringtone or like my message notification.
0: What the hell is going on? (laughs) What
1: the hell is going on? Just
0: for you, it'll be in here. I, like, didn't even include the dun-dun-dun last time you <laughs> used it. Now, in my defense, that episode, I, like, barely finished editing. I literally got to the end.
1: I'm like, I don't have time. I just put the am got to fix it down. I got to get it uploaded. And I'm going to fall asleep. Hey. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, I, I appreciate you shouldering the burning for <laughs> doing everything on this podcast, minus words coming out of my mouth right now. Uh, so i'm I'm always happy with the result regardless of how many dun dun duns in there but if you can give me that what the hell is going on it's i thought it was comedy gold for our friendship you can count on it but yeah back to comedy gold um tom acting like he's not a complete shit uh sabotaging the entire race which coincidentally is the right move to make here because as harry will deduce um, Kim Wexler has engineered this entire thing, going so far as to drag Voyager into participating in the race. Uh, the Delta Flyer was using an energy combustion method that was uh, illegal by the race rules. And she just so happened to have an alternative power source laying around. Yeah, she had the converter for the plug. And that The Mr. Up Fusion, being, yeah. yeah that and that ends that's, up being the... the, the the subtle sabotage that's going to cause the Delta flyer be a time bomb. So what's supposed to happen is uh, Delta flyer was supposed to win. And as it crossed the finish line, uh, the ship would explode and destroy everybody waiting at the finish line and plunging uh, this section of space back into bloody warfare. But and her luckily- reason for,
0: for it is she doesn't want aliens to mix which, of course, plays against how horny Harry has been for Kim Wexler <laughs> from the job. So it's like super
1: soul crushing. Remember, kids, space elves are always evil.
0: The cringe sets in when they start talking about their relationship more in depth. And we're supposed to after a very good episode about establishing why they're not a good couple suddenly buy that they resolve to be a, a good couple and get
1: married It is such a fucking leap. This feels like these situations where you have a loveless relationship and people should separate and instead they decide to have a kid or I've even had my friends that are like we're going to get married and it's like you're not happy why would you get married? This isn't going to fix anything and then you know two years later they're divorced like
0: I wonder why this could possibly have happened.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. It is it's really shitty to watch. Uh, you know, fucking Bellana starts warming up to all this. It's preposterous, silly circumstances. Uh, and luckily so, because, you know, what was supposed to happen was the Delta Flyer was supposed to cross the finish line and its warp core was supposed to rupture and blow up, kill everybody, and then plunge the sector back into, you know, bitter chaos and, and warfare again. But uh, Harry's able to beam in morse code with a cool shout out to captain proton he's bypassing the communication lockdown that kim wexler put on Uh, (laughs) the raptor my favorite (laughs) cedar point ride (laughs) she's locked down communications on the millennium or the the magnum xl 2000 that's a that was that ride was dope that ride is dope Dude, let me tell you a Magnum XL 2000 story. I was scared shitless of that ride when I was a little kid back in the fucking mid-90s, and my dad made me go on it with him. My dad's teasing me about, like, you know, oh, this could go wrong or that could go wrong, uh, and and I'm just scared shitless, whatever. We get up to the fucking top of the hill, and at the time, this is the world's largest roller coaster, right? Right. And we get up to the top of the hill, and his fucking vest releases. His oh, vest no. just releases and goes up. And you still got like the 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 seatbelt on it or whatever. That's not what you want though. But we go over the hill with my dad and my dad's in the picture, like white knuckle holding on to the fucking oh shit bar with his thing up. And uh that was pretty fucking scary. Jesus. I, I bet I bet he got
0: his ticket
1: refunded. After no, that. this is the 90s there was no punitive damages on stuff like that we just uh you know we're happy he didn't fly out and we had a little <laughs> story to tell about it <laughs> God damn. um i'll tell you the one time we did get free tickets but that's another story for uh, the air <laughs> <laughs> it's just gross but um so harry circumvents the the communication lockdown she's got going on there and uh tells uh tom hey uh your warp core is gonna blow up and kill everybody and then tom and belana get all heroic and they fly off to some fucking nebula where god who knows who or what kind of little space kitties live in that part of space but they dump the war core and uh explodes and somehow they survive and belana's all like i do and uh if you thought the the human city in the 37s was impressive. Boy, you should have been there for Tom and Bellana's wedding. Yeah, you should have because they didn't show it on fucking screen. That's for damn
0: sure. Closest, and you know what? We, closest we get to a wedding between them is when their fucking duplicates get married and then immediately die. Which was amazing. Best
1: wedding on screen miss. ever. And, and I will thank the writers for not putting their fucking wedding on screen because I don't know what I would have done with myself. They get married and then you see the Delta Flyer flying off and someone spray painted just married. And there's a bunch of tow cables and the Delta Flyer's got a bunch of those big 55 gallon drums that broke Worf's back dangling behind it.
0: We look forward to the child that you two will have that will ultimately lead to your inevitable divorce. You terrible
1: <laughs> toxic couple. Why do you exist? You fucking mocked us. They do yeah. not belong together. This episode is great for 45 minutes
0: and bafflingly stupid for the last eight,
1: but it's I mean, on brand for their relationship. I mean, <laughs> it it's all silly and bad, but that's what we've come to expect out of this couple. So whatever, um, silly fun episode that works surprisingly well in the framework they built it in. There's some cool background actors, um. Yeah. Absent the decision to put these two together permanently, I actually really liked it. Yeah, me too. And I feel even that their their silly relationship stuff doesn't drag it out. Uh, real shit bag award to to meddling Neelix there, though. That was really a standout low point.
0: Ooh. Don't go to Neelix for relationship dev- advice. This man literally dated a two year old.
1: Gross. Anyway, what are we watching next week? season seven episode four repression and uh we got Martha barber is that the dude from uh space friendship is magic it is what's his name Chell. yes Chell, and what is unfortunately balana torres and not doby security officer tuvok oh god is this a detective tuvok Detective Tuvok is investigating a strange series of attacks on Voyager directed at one of the former Maquis members. Well, let me tell you what. Uh, Tell Detective Tuvok to go ahead and hit the time clock and go home, and let's get Detective Neelix on the job so it can get done the right way and someone can get kicked into hell again. This is uh, probably the last time that
0: Maquis stuff comes up. Shame yeah um it it is finally like brought back in the story however brief but yeah uh interesting idea here i think uh this is a good episode we'll be interested to get your take on it
1: well, i'm always happy to play with side characters especially ones we've um, established relationships with yeah this this episode just feels like like a lot of episodes in the season will feel of oh yeah that's a thing we did we should do something with that here's this guy that was in a season finale that wasn't supposed to be a season finale and sucked. let's bring him back out with his gold chain all right man well i'm down to watch
0: all right and thank you so much to everybody that listened to us talk about this show and we will look forward to seeing you next week as we review repression